The Trek Geeks podcast is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 300 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every single month. Stay tuned for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com just for Trek Geeks listeners. Fansets, our pins have character. This episode is also sponsored by Science Division, the makers of the galaxy's first interactive Tribble that you can control with your very own smartphone. Find out more about this amazing collectible and sign up for their mailing list for special offers at sciencediv.com. Science Division. Trouble's never been this fun. Hi, this is Andy Robinson, Elam Garrick on Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and you are listening to the biggest little podcast this side of the Gamma Quadrant. It's the Trek Geeks podcast with Dan Davidson and Bill Smith. Failure to tune in would not sit well with the Obsidian Order. Podfleet headquarters, where a joint session of the Podfleet Congress is about to commence to discuss all kinds of Podfleety things. It's the biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant and the flagship of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Greetings, ladies, gentlemen, children of all ages, and welcome to the Trek Geeks Podcast. In episode number 252, we're excited to be back. We had a couple of uh, weeks off, one of them intentional, one of them not. More about that later. But of course, I'd like to introduce my illustrious co-host. You know, after six years, I've pretty much run out of ways to introduce him. On two occasions, I've referred to him as man, myth, Montgomery Ward underwear model. But let's be honest, he's not going to be modeling underwear for anybody because I'm not even sure he's got any on. He's Dan Davidson. And Dan, now people need bleach for their minds after the picture I've painted. I'd like to know how you know that is the fact right now, actually, now that we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't been over, but you must know me that well. Ah, Podfleety, what a great word. I like that. That's a great way to start off the episode, buddy. It's great to be here. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing, uh, I'm doing all right. Um, it's been a, a trying several weeks, but uh, we had a couple weeks off, like you mentioned. Actually, more than just a couple when you think about it, uh, because we had some great guest podcasters but uh i gotta say it's always good to sit back in the podcast chair and and talk star trek with my best bud i'll let you know when he gets here yeah yeah. (laughs) boom boom i just flew in from cleveland boy are my arms tired oh my god (laughs) well you know you you brought up a great point we want to offer our sincere thanks to all of the podcasters who lent their voices to trek geeks in celebration of black history month in february Unfortunately, due to some extreme weather and some power outages in Texas, our friends at Black Alert Podcast weren't able to record their episode for us. You and I remain committed to bringing that episode to folks when they are ready to record it. It's, uh, it's content we, we want people to hear, and 
we are looking forward to what they have to say. But in the meantime, we hope you'll check out their podcast on your favorite podcast platform because they have had some absolutely amazing guests recently, Dan, like, I don't know, Wilson Cruz. Oh, yeah. You know, every once in a while, you know, a dog shines on Dan's face. I don't even know what the phrase is, but um, um, it's it's fantastic um, that we're going to have them still on when they get the chance to record because we know what the topic is going to be. We don't want to spoil it for anyone, but trust me, it's something that you're going to want to listen to. It's going to be amazing. We can't wait for it. We hope everybody is safe down in Texas and that things are getting back to normal as much as normal can be during a pandemic and then a giant ice storm hitting uh, the, the the deep south. So uh, uh, we will bring that to you as soon as we can get it, but uh, it's going to be worth the wait. Trust me. In the meantime, you're stuck with us. So here we are. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Dan, in fact, people are so stuck with us, they may want to complain to you about it. How can <laughs> they get those complaints to you directly? Because well, I'm not going to read those. Uh, well, that's okay. Well, there's there's a whole whole plethora of ways that they can get in touch with us, Bill. Uh, we definitely want to hear from you folks, so please uh, hit us up. You can go to trekgeeks.com slash contact, and you can send us an email. You can send us a voicemail. You can chat with us. You can tweet at us. Uh, you can go to Camp Kittimer, which is the official Facebook group of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network over on the Book of Faces. It is the most positive Trek group on Facebook. We don't allow trolling. We don't allow gatekeeping. We only want people celebrating what they love about Trek. So search for Camp Kittimer. You'll find us. Uh, we'll let you right in. And we want to thank our wonderful admins, Haley, Jackie, and Fark for the amazing job they do running the camp because I can't imagine it's very easy, especially when you got two Nimrods like us in there. Uh, but please remember that any comments or messages that you leave us in any of these places may be used in a future episode, Bill. Yes, they will, Dan. Thank you so much for that uh, lovely information. <laughs> You're doing wild. a great job. They are. You are. You is? They is ours was you, going you. to be, and is ours was where we become what? Take another drink. <laughs> Dan, as always, we want to thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of Trek Geeks and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. You know, as you would expect, they are hard at work to bring new pins our way this month. And we've already got some beauties with even more on the way. Absolutely correct. You are, man. You know, back on March 1st, our pals over at Fansets released some new women of Trek pins, namely... Kira Norris from Deep Space Nine and Deanna Troy from The Next Generation. Uh, and they also released the latest Picard season one episode pin. This one was for episode eight entitled Broken Pieces. And we still have some new pins to look forward to this month. The 15th is right around the corner. So around that date, you can look forward to two new Women of Trek pins, the re-release of Michael Burnham, Burnham which will wrap up the um, group one pin release and then also soji asha is going to be a release which i can't wait to see um from star trek picard season one and speaking of star trek picard season one the final two pins for season one uh arcadia oh, excuse me at n arcadia ego parts one and two will also be available it's always fun to you try to fun to hear you try to use latin it's amazing it, i don't even know what it is <laughs> <laughs> it's a language uh, it's dead yeah it's <laughs> Yeah, much like um, your use of English. But head on over to fansets.com. We want you to put a whole bunch of pins and other stuff in your cart. And at checkout, be sure to enter this week's special Trek Geeks discount code word, Trekverse. 
That's T-R-E-K-V-E-R-S-E in all caps with no spaces for an amazing 10% off your entire order at fansets.com. Now, this offer code will be good until March 17th, 2021 at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Plus, don't forget, when you spend more than 30 bucks at fansets.com, you are automatically going to get free shipping in the United States. Daylight Time makes me happy because it's going to be light out so much later. Anyway, uh, fansets, (laughs) our pins have character. And we thank our friends at fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Well, Science Division wants everyone to know they only have a few codes left for their promotion with Star Trek Online, Bill. That's right. And for a limited time, you can unlock free in-game items for Star Trek Online for your PC when you order the Galaxy's First Interactive Tribble from Science Division. Using the special offer code, you can unlock the following items and get five bucks off your Science Division Tribble at the very same time. First off, you'll get a rainbow Tribble in the game. And then you'll also get a Federation Elite Starter Pack for Federation-aligned captains only. This grants the following. A T6 Reliant Class Advanced Light Cruiser, 12 inventory slots, 12 bank slots, two bridge officer slots, a Borg bridge officer, 14 Mark II Very Rare Space Gear, and seven Mark II very rare ground gear. Plus you're going to get a Starfleet Academy uniform. Now all you have to do is use code reborn in all capital letters when you check out on sciencediv.com, but hurry, the offer expires when they're out of code. So get yours today at sciencediv.com. That's awesome. Um, as many of you know, Science Division has been a great supporter of Trek Geeks, and Jay and Kalia have become really great friends of ours. They have a fantastic small business, and like many others, they've been affected by the economic conditions during COVID-19. So they've entered into the FedEx Small Business Grant Contest, which is a grant program by FedEx to award 12 U.S.-based small businesses with grants up to $50,000 and up to $7,500 in FedEx office print and business services. Now, we hope you'll consider helping them win this grant by going to sciencediv.com slash vote today and voting for them in this contest. Now, you can actually vote once every 24 hours, so any help you can provide between now and the end of the contest would be greatly appreciated. Science Division. Trouble's never been this fun, and we thank our friends at Science Division for sponsoring this week's episode. Well, Dan, here we are. Um, You know, every every year around this time here in the United States... Our president addresses a joint session of Congress to address the state of the union. And we kind of do the same thing in our own very special way with the state of Star Trek. You know, we look at where are we compared to where we were a year ago? Are we on the right path? Are there challenges? And those are some of the things we're going to look at today. Historically, the president gets up there and almost always utters the following words. The state of our union is strong. Mm. So, Dan, what would you say in an opening speech about the state of Star Trek? I think regardless of what you think about various shows and your opinion of if they're successful or not, the state of Star Trek has never been as strong as it is right now, in my opinion. I'm going to agree with you 100%. And that's one of the few times in our lives that that's ever happened. (laughs) Um, 
because honestly, you're not that bright. I'm not at all. I'll admit no, that. I, I no. not, you know, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have to agree with you. I mean, we are in a, in a state right now where there is Star Trek in constant production and multiple Star Treks. Yeah. And this is a time we have never seen in fandom. Some people say, well, yeah, you had TNG and DS9. And at one point you had DS9 Voyager and Generations. And that's right. But it, we, how many shows do we have in production right now? Five? Well, let's say we got Picard season two, Discovery season four, Lower Deck season two, Strange New Worlds season one, and Prodigy season one. So yeah. yeah. And they just announced the possibility of another movie written by a Discovery uh, writer herself. Um, so I think I said it last year when they were talking about uh, Picard and, and Discovery going on at the same time and, and Lower Decks was in the works, but we hadn't seen it yet. And Prodigy had been announced, even though we didn't know the name of it, but we knew that it was a second animated series. There was never a better time to be a Star Trek fan. And right now, that blows that out of the water. You know, it really does. We look at last year at this time, and there were so many unanswered questions. Picard had just barely premiered. Um, in fact, we're, I think Nepenthe aired this week last year as we record this mm -hmm. and we all had a big wave of nostalgia seeing Riker and Troy and Picard right. together again. And it kind of gave us a lot of love and feels for what came before right now. I mean, I think we've all, after going through 23 straight weeks of star Trek, yeah. we're all like, uh, we want more star Trek again now. Yes, please. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really the worst part of right now. The state of the franchise is strong, but I th I think we got to get to new Star Trek every quarter, like C like a uh, Viacom CBS says they want to do, because I'm jonesing already. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's like it's like we haven't had any new Star Trek now for a few weeks. What's going on? Something's not right. Um, and and that's a great it's a great but horrible feeling to have, knowing yeah. that there is so much Star Trek now. Think about the days of Enterprise when people were were saying that they were suffering from quote Star Trek burnout. That is completely unheard of these days. I think, from my perspective, you don't you don't hear that anymore. You want we everybody wants more, and it, it's a it's a great feeling. Now, like I said, you can dislike a series, or you could dislike something that happens in an episode, and that's fine. But we've never had this kind of opportunity as Star Trek fans that we're having right now, and it's really something that we really should should stand back and soak in and really appreciate because. We don't know how long it's going to last. Well, it's true. I mean, you mentioned fa franchise fatigue just a bit ago. And it's interesting because, you know, back then we were doing 26 episode seasons. Mm -hmm. And then later on with uh, Enterprise, I think we were at 22 or 24 toward the end. And that's a long season, man. That's a grind. It is. Yeah. If you're watching that over nine months, um, it, it, it takes it, that's some commitment over what wound up being 25 years of the Rick Berman era. Mm-hmm between, you know, seven seasons each of next gen DS9 and Voyager and then four of Enterprise. Um, I, I understand that people could have felt burnt out because with with the exception of settings changes, there wasn't a whole lot different about the shows. True. Absolutely um, true. To me, they were I, I don't want to say that they were very one note because that's not that's not correct, but there was a lot of similarity in format. There was a lot of similarity in the way those stories would be broken and the characters developed. But these days we've got some series that are nothing like each other. And I think that's really what sets it apart. You've got discovery, you know, action packed, 
lots going on. And then you've got Picard, which is sort of a really introspective look at at the next phase of, of Jean-Luc Picard's life. Mm-hmm. There is some action, but largely it's it's drama-driven and character-driven. Absolutely. And then you've got Lower Decks, <laughs> unlike anything in Star Trek before. Absolutely. Love it. And then you got Strange New Worlds coming, which is going to be theoretically closer to the episodic Star Trek we know and love. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, Prodigy. We don't really know what that's going to be yet, but it looks so exciting. Knowing that it's that it's being made specifically to welcome new generations of fans into the franchise is something that is a bold step, no pun intended, um, and one that I'm really looking forward to seeing how they do because it could be a an unbelievable success or it could be a devastating failure depending on how it's done. Now with the people like Kate Bulgrew uh, in it um, reprising her role as Janeway, I'm going to go with, it's going to be a success, but this is something, this is, I got to say, this is probably brand new territory for the people like Alex Kurtzman and the people behind it doing this, bringing in a young, uh, a young generation of fans to a franchise that's 55 years old. Having just watched or completed watching star Wars rebels. I'm hoping that Prodigy is to Star Trek what Rebels was for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It, I think it has such vast potential to tell such great and grandiose stories. That's not to say that tell you know that the current slate of Star Trek television series aren't doing that, but this can do it in a completely different way, and certainly with a whole lot less budget. Well, I, I agree with that. I mean, I unfortunately have not had the time to sit down and watch all of the animated shows from Star Wars, but I hear they're all fantastic and all really expand that universe in ways that people didn't think were possible when they when these when these um, uh, new shows came out. And I'm really hoping that this is the first in a step of new animated series to do exactly what the Star Wars franchise had happened to them with their animated series. You know, I, I don't. I don't dislike Star Wars. I don't, you know, I never, I never look at a battle between Star Trek and Star Wars. They're both great franchises, but I will say Star Wars has definitely benefited from the animated series that they've done over the years. And I hope that Star Trek finally gets that uh, piece of the pie as well. I hope so too. We're going to talk a little more about the state of fandom in a little bit, but um, let's continue on with the state of the franchise. You know, we've invoked Alex Kurtzman's name a couple of times, and we can't talk about the state of the franchise without talking about the direct influence of Alex Kurtzman. Obviously, he worked on Star Trek 2009 as a writer-producer, uh, worked on In a Darkness. He he has a tremendous amount of power and influence in the direction of this franchise right now. Is he doing a good job for Star Trek? It, I think it's a double-edged sword. Um, obviously the success of Star Trek has been huge in the last few years. Discovery has really taken on, even though Kurtzman has supposedly has been fired like 50 times, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think that what he has done now, we, now I will say from, from a fan's perspective of what we see Star Trek, I think it's fantastic. We have heard stories about things behind the scenes, which aren't exactly the best thing we've ever heard. And, and that's too bad, but from a perspective of what the franchise is for the fans, I really think it has gone in a great direction. We've got fantastic new adventures. We've got new characters, but we also have that familiarity that we've seen with past characters coming back, cameos, references, all that stuff to really make it feel like it's a universe that works. So I got to say from a perspective of where I'm sitting, looking at the screen, Kurtzman's doing a good job. 
for as much as I'm not a fan of Alex Kurtzman, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and like you, I've heard plenty of stories about what the guy is like. Um, I don't know him. I can't make that judgment. Right. All I can do is look at what's happening with Star Trek. There are things I like, there are things I don't like, but you know what? That was true of Rick Berman. True. That was true of Gene Roddenberry. Gene Roddenberry. Yep. That was true of, um, of Gene Kuhn, Mm -hmm. you know, and Fred, Fred Freiberger and, and really anyone that's been at the helm of Star Trek. I, there are always going to be decisions that you like and dislike from whomever is running the franchise or the show. Absolutely. And Alex Kurtzman is no different. Ultimately, um, it's because of what he's doing that we have five shows in production. Right and now. possibly another one coming that we don't know anything about yet. So it's, it's, it's constant. And that I think that uh, I, I'll give him credit. That's got to put a tremendous burden on him as the guy who's running the entire Star Trek universe right now to make sure that whatever's coming down the pike, no pun intended, really works with Star Trek fans. So I'll give him credit for what he's done so far. Well, and also, I mean, that new series Clarice on CBS is his. He and Jenny Lumet ah. developed that. Oh. Um, it, it's not like he's he's standing pat with just Star Trek. I mean, right. Secret Hideout Productions now has how many shows in production with CBS? It's unreal. Yeah, uh, the guy pretty much uh, you know owns a good piece of what's being broadcast every week. So, i I appreciate what he's doing. Um, there are things I wish he would do differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately I'm getting more Star Trek and I have to be happy about that. Absolutely. And I, and I will say what we've seen so far since he has taken over the reins, there hasn't been a failure far from it. There's not been a failure at all. Discovery has been a huge success. Picard was fantastic. Lower decks was off the hook. And in my opinion, the best season one Star Trek series we have ever seen. Um, so, uh, you, you can't, you can't say he's done it. He's done bad because it's been so popular and CBS or Paramount plus now has huge numbers. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that it's Star Trek related. I think so too. I I look at the fact that discovery has had a carousel of a writer's room since the show started. Mm -hmm. Discovery has had now three showrunners across three seasons. And, and that's not great. That's not a great track record. Um, but you know, what's uh, great about it, Bill, Bill is, as you're absolutely right. It's not a great rec- track record to have three different people running the show, but from a perspective of the show and what the fans are seeing, I don't think we see that, um, what's the right word I'm looking for that, that mess In, behind the, the, the yeah. man behind the curtain mess that, that something like that on the other side of, of the creativity of the show is probably like just ridiculous to deal with. We don't see that. We see a great product being come forward. And I think that's, that's a positive thing. No, I agree with you there. My only concern is what happens if that chaos and that toxicity, mm-hmm. and because we heard plenty of stories about season one, yep. the showrunners were let go because of toxicity. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's been a lot of turnover in the writer's room since then. I'm worried that at some point that translates into the product or it affects the product. And uh, so far, like you said, it has not, or it has not appeared to. Um, but it's just, it's something I keep in the back of my mind because that all directly ties back to Kurtzman. Absolutely. And, and he will be the one that ultimately pays the price if it does start, uh, negatively, uh, showing to us. And, and the, the quality of the show falls and uh, a new series fail and stuff like that. He will eventually bear the burden and the responsibility for that if it happens. So far, it hasn't. 
So as far as what's down the road, we know that in theory, there's going to be a section 31 series. And you know why I <laughs> laugh when I say that. Yep. <laughs> but that's not going to happen until one of the current sets of shows is over un right. until it's finished its run. Mm -hmm. Theoretically, the most likely candidate for that is Star Trek Picard because Patrick Stewart is in his eighties Yeah, and he's not getting any younger. And they said that they had a three season arc initially, mm -hmm. whether or not that means the show's only going to be three seasons, we don't know. But then theoretically there's another unnamed live action series and potentially more in the pipeline. Yeah. So, um, th that makes us wonder, well, what else could there be? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, that's a great question. <laughs> I, I you mean, know, if this, if the Star Trek universe is indeed limitless, that has to tell us that the possibilities are, well, infinite. Yeah. And, and infinite combinations of shows maybe too. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Am I right? Um, it'll be interesting to see what else they, they pull out of their hat. Um, so far they've done a pretty good job. Now, one of my concerns, and, and I'm not saying this in a negative way, please don't, don't take it as this. They've kind of, gone back and and pulled the rabbit out of the hat from the past with Picard. They're doing it with Janeway, with Prodigy. Is it going to get to a point where they're going to... Well, and, and I've complained over the years that Hollywood has run out of ideas because they keep doing remakes of movies that were 20 years ago. I don't want to see that happen with Star Trek. I don't want them to start doing things and continue to to go back in the past uh, and pull things to... To, to now to make new shows about. I want them to come up with these fresh ideas. Like you said, it's a big universe. There's lots of things going on out there. They should be able to do something brand new, but still have a Star Trek label and universe to it. And that's something that I will be looking forward to seeing at some point. I think it would be really easy for them to spin off something from Picard, a current, I use mm -hmm. current in air quotes, current Starfleet vessel and captain and crew off on a mission and somehow we get introduced to them during the the next or final season of Picard, whenever that is. Sure. And maybe that translates into its own series. Maybe we get an alien of the week type show that way. I don't know. I'd like but that. I, I think that would be a fantastic idea. Plus it would allow them some continuity and universe building, which I'm all for. Right. Now it's funny. It's, it, it's, I'm kind of sounding like a hypocrite because on one hand, I'm like, I don't want them to do that too much. But on the other hand, I'm like, Oh my God, I love it. When, Oh my God, Riker and Troy showed up. That was fantastic. <laughs> but when they have this Easter egg and you see the changeling from the TOS and in, in one of the, in one of the storage rooms and lower decks, that stuff is awesome. And it's always great. As long as they don't overdo it. I'm okay with it. I guess what I'm saying is I don't want them to create a new show like, oh, let's have a show back on Deep Space Nine with Jake as an adult. That's just not something that I think would work. It would kind of be kind of like, okay, guys, let's think of something fresh here. Like that season eight of Deep Space Nine or uh, season eight of Deep Space Nine that we saw in the documentary. I would be all for that because it would be a continuation of Deep Space Nine and not just a let's pull something out of Deep Space Nine and try to grow from it. I just don't know if that would work continuously. Surprisingly not, I wouldn't be all for that because I think Deep Space Nine ended perfectly. I, I say that because of I love the story that they showed no, us in that documentary about, about yeah. season eight. So if it was that, yeah, that'd be cool. Although now, unfortunately, it's almost impossible to do. Absolutely, yep. With the, the passing of both Aaron Eisenberg and Rene Auberginois. So. Yep. Um, let's move into our next phase of the state of, and that's conventions. <laughs> Obvious, obviously, 2020 was a, a year that hurt a lot of things, mm -hmm. not the least of which was 
conventions. Right. It's our opp- opportunity as fans to 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 congregate, to to get together, to celebrate this this common love that we have. But even going back before that, looking at the last couple of years of STLV, I think we can use that in kind of making our determination today. And so, Dan, I ask you, is the state of Star Trek conventions strong? I think the state of conventions right now um, is the worst it's ever been. I think it's worse than the dreaded convention that Larry Nemechik has been working on a documentary for for a while. <laughs> it's just, I think it's, I think it's bad. I for more than just COVID-related reasons and the fact that everything got shut down last last year. Um, I think that there has to be a lot of um, uh, building the trust back with fans for conventions, uh, and I don't know how long that's going to take. I, I agree with you 100%. I, I think that the state of conventions uh, is not strong at all. No. Granted, it's non-existent right now, but it was not doing well before the pandemic, as you state. And mm-hmm. I am, again, in, in complete agreement with you. I remember a time in the 90s, and even in the late 80s, but it, certainly in the, er, the early to mid-90s, even in the late 90s, where there were a lot of Star Trek conventions all over the place. Yep. Like every, almost in every city and town in America, every weekend, somewhere in a city or town, there was mm-hmm. a Star Trek convention mm-hmm. and it, it could call itself a Star Trek convention. Exactly. Yep. Um, that's not so anymore. Um, it, it's now they're sci-fi conventions because God sad. forbid you call it a Star Trek convention because it's not licensed. Mm-hmm. So th- the fact that, that conventions themselves for just Star Trek have atrophied so much. I ask you this question, is CBS dropping the ball on this? Oh, I think so. Absolutely. I think, and and no disrespect to any other science fiction show out there, when you go to a sci-fi convention, and especially with something that used to be a Star Trek convention, the luster is gone. Oh, maybe not gone, but it's, it's dropped considerably. And whether that's for a licensing reason or dollar signs reasons from the executives at CBS or creation or any of these other places involved in conventions, the end result is that we, the fans get screwed. Yeah. To be blunt. I mean, it's, it's, we've, we've seen and we've talked to people that have just been, who are involved in the convention, who are just disgusted in how things have gone over the last few years. And now we have on top of that, the fact that S, well, we're going to get into this in a second. I'm sorry to steal your thunder. That STLV is not even STLV anymore. Um, And that's, that's really, it's really a shame. And I think that the decision the, that whoever made the decision, whether it's CBS or creation to not have that relationship continue is a very bad decision from a fan standpoint and a convention standpoint. Well, I mean, let's be honest. There were, it was not a, a rosy relationship as far no. as we know. No. Um, it, it, there were problems. Um, certainly, uh, we know of many uh, uh, guests, talent mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. who would attend Star Trek Las Vegas that weren't happy with the way things were run. Yep. And uh, we can't speak to that, but clearly they can't call it Star Trek Las Vegas because it's not a licensed convention. Right. So it is STLV no more. Instead, it is Creation Entertainment's 55-year mission tour, which doesn't exactly roll off the tongue or create a great hashtag. 
<laughs> no, not at all. And that's another thing. We can't, we can't officially call it STLV, but let's be honest. Everybody probably still calls it STLV. All the fans that show up. I do. I know I do. I, do. I know you do. Um, and it's really too bad. I mean, one of the things that I used to look forward to every time that we, we've been to these, and I haven't been to as many as you have, is when we would get to STLV and we had these huge banners that just looked fantastic of all the, of all the characters and the ships and the shows. And, and, it, and when you enter in um, the, the main area, there are these two things on the side of the hallway, which talks about next year's STLV brought to you by creation. We're not going to see that this year. And that, that's something that has really bothered me in the fact that they're not going to be, if there is anything, it's not going to be nearly as great as it was before, in my opinion. I, I mean, maybe I'll be surprised, but just little things like that, little details, because it can't be a Star Trek convention anymore. We're not going to see that. And that's that that bumps me out. No, I, I completely understand where you're coming from. I mean, uh, we'll give creation its due in, in many ways. I mean, there is always a guaranteed seat for every attendee, something you don't get at other cons. True. There is always a gigantic theater and a gigantic mm -hmm. um, vendor's room. Absolutely. Yep. I There's not a bigger vendor's room anywhere in Star Trek conventions. I so, agree. I mean, and plus the Rio um, convention facility is laid out very nice. It, you're not walking a mile and a half just to go from one room to the other, as mm -hmm. you do at other convention places in Vegas. So, I mean, you know, we, I'll give creation their due there. However, mm -hmm. um, if you thought creation nickel and dimed people before, I have a feeling it's just going to be even worse with this one. Yeah. Let's uh, charge you for printing your own PDF ticket on your own printer using your own ink. Yeah. I, I totally hear where you're coming from. And I, and I think you're absolutely right. They don't have, maybe having the relationship with CBS was a little bit of a help for us because they had that firewall, so to speak. I don't have that now. Um, well, CBS had the final say on just about everything. Yeah, absolutely. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Well, plus, I mean, let's be honest, creation has to walk a very fine line mm -hmm. because they are still getting lots of guests from Star Trek Discovery, from Star Trek Picard, yep. presumably from Lower Decks and Strange New Worlds. And that's all because CBS has said, yep, we'll help make that happen. Right. Maybe not in those words, but it, you know that if all of a sudden shooting goes over, that's going to take precedence Yeah, because it's not a CBS licensed convention. Yep. I, I totally agree. And, and, and I think everybody has the right to be concerned about those things and what could happen. I think this year is going to be the litmus test. If we see a success with creation and the Star Trek people, great. If not, we're not going to see another one like this from creation again. And does I think that mean right that we don't see anything in the future by anybody? Because I don't, I don't think that'll be the case because I think that CBS is not dumb. And, you know, they understand that having some kind of convention, well, I mean, all you have to do is look at Star Wars and Star Wars Celebration. Yeah. I mean, that is one of the most anticipated events in that fandom every year. And it moves mm -hmm. to a different location every year. Mm -hmm. But this makes me ask the question, Read Pop, the company that runs that, yep. the company that has the license, where the hell are you? Absolutely. They should be they should be sitting uh, at CBS uh, headquarters 
talking it up and doing whatever it is to get something done because we know how popular uh, the Star Wars conventions are with them. And I've never been to a read pop convention in any way, shape or form, but I'm very interested in seeing what they do and what they, what they present for shows for fans. Read pop did Star Trek mission, New York for the 50th anniversary mm-hmm. in, in New York city at the Javits center. Yep. I think they've done a couple of other cons that were specifically Star Trek related. I could have that wrong. But from what I've heard, they know how to run and organize a show. Great. CBS, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. You have this property that is at its its most popular point ever since the next generation Mm -hmm. with more Star Trek in more faces than ever before. And the one thing you don't have right now is an announcement of an official convention for your fans to go to. I think that's a huge miss. Think of the billions, billions of dollars in merchandise that Star Trek generated every year before Discovery. Now you've got five shows that are in production and the amount of money that people are willing to spend on officially licensed material is exponentially higher than it was four years ago. And you would think that they would be jumping on that like you wouldn't even believe, but we haven't heard anything yet. They could be. We just haven't heard anything yet. And that makes me, that makes me believe that really nothing's happening yet. Why the hell don't I have a full set of action figures from all the new shows mm-hmm. or play sets or Legos or whatever the equivalent's going to be with mega blocks. Right. I, I really feel like beyond conventions, you bring up a good point with licensing. Um, uh, there is just not the product out there that there, I mean, they'll slap the TOS logo on anything, man. Yeah. I've seen Captain Kirk on more weird things than I want to admit, <laughs> but that's not happening with the new shows. Right. And it makes me take a step back and go, what the hell are they doing? Yeah. It, that, it's, it's, it's lost revenue in my mind. I mean, there's so many things. I mean, we, I got an email yesterday uh, or two days ago about the um, TOS tricorder that they're working on. It's been 232 days since the last update of that product. The one company who did the, the, yeah. the TOS phaser remote and then the, uh, the communicator Bluetooth. Device. Exactly. Yeah. They came out with an update. There should be so many more of those things going on right now. That's the one thing going on for that particular type of, of memorabilia. There should be all kinds of stuff like that. I mean, we have fans that's putting pins out, you know, five and six pins a month. And that's awesome. And we got, uh, and, and our friends over at science division doing the triples. That's awesome. There's so much more Star Trek stuff out there that we would buy if it was being licensed and sold. And we're not just, it's just not happening. And that's really surprising. And not everything needs to be a super high end collectible. Right. Yeah. Now I understand they've looked at the demographics and this fandom will support it. But I mean, I still have a bunch of the Galoob Star Trek The Next Generation action <laughs> figures from 1987 on the card in a storage bin upstairs. Mm-hmm. I yep. mean, and I got those for like, what, $3.99 a piece? Yeah. And those things mean the world to me. Right. Just as much as some of my more expensive collectibles, like mm-hmm. my, you know, my my 50th anniversary Mega Blocks Enterprise, which is on top of my desk over here. Yep. Uh, I, I really think they're missing the boat with all fans you look at just as an example i mean we could talk about this aspect of the discussion for hours but look at the enterprise mega blocks look at the star wars lego collection and the multitude of ships that they have mega blocks should be putting out ships like there's no tomorrow because 
people will buy them because we mm-hmm. love doing stuff like that. It's Star Trek and it's a fun project and it isn't happening. And that's a shock and it's got to change. Over here, it's funny you bring up Star Wars and Legos. To my left, just off camera, I have Boba Fett's Slave One Lego ship. Mm-hmm. And I have Luke Skywalker's X-Wing yep. right here, like within an arm's reach. Why? Because I love them. They're fun. Yeah. Yep. I, it, it blows my mind that there are not more things like with that Enterprise Mega Bloks. They don't have to be that huge. I mean, a Defiant didn't have to be that big. I would buy that in two seconds. Or any other ships or anything like that that we see uh, in the Star Trek universe. But yeah, they don't have to be that gigantic size. They could be half mm-hmm. the size. Right. Absolutely. I don't know. I don't get that. That's one thing that's I'm always scratching my head over. Well, um, certainly something to consider next year at this time. Although I think that when we have this part of the discussion next year, it's going to sound a lot like this one. You think so? Yeah, uh, I really uh, do. Okay. Looking down the road, I don't think we're going to see a massive expansion of licensed products. I really don't. I, I I hope you're wrong, but I'm afraid you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, Dan, lastly, as we sort of examine the state of Star Trek, let's talk about really what keeps Star Trek going. And that's Star Trek fandom. Mm-hmm. You know, for 55 years now, Star Trek exists because people love it and people have a passion for it. And it's changed lives. It truly, it has changed lives. You and I are testaments to that as are thousands of people all over the globe. Yep. I ask you this, is this fandom growing and is it growing in a healthy way? That's a hard question to answer. I think it is growing. Unfortunately, which we'll get into more in a minute. I think the people that don't like what's happening with Star Trek are a small minority, but that small minority is decibels louder than the people that love it and are content with it. So you kind of get a skew. It It seems like it might not be growing when I think it really is um, with all the things coming out and the job that they have done in producing this new content. And especially with the introduction of animated series and the new one that will be eventually on Nickelodeon. I really do feel that the fandom is growing. We hear we hear uh, things all the time from listeners that um, their kids are now watching it, uh, and and that's a testament to the fact that I think that it is growing. So I I am optimistic that it does continue to grow. Do you think that up to this point we've been getting enough new blood in fandom? And by that I mean, let's face it, we're an we're an aging fan base. Mm-hmm. You and I grew up on Star Trek and that was <laughs> almost 50 years ago when we started yeah. watching. Is there enough new blood coming in to ensure that Star Trek continues to go forward? That's probably where I have a concern because I don't think so. Um, I don't have any data to, or data, depending on how you want to do it, <laughs> um, to, to, to follow that up. Just my instinct is no. Um, I don't think there is enough of that yet. I hope that with the plans that CBS has for the future, that it will draw in. Now, it's one thing to say, oh, we're going to get millions of seven-year-olds watching Prodigy. That's going to take some time to see if they stick with the franchise and and all the new things that are coming. But yeah, that I, I will agree with, or I don't know what, what your thought is on it, but I do think that the amount of new young generation fans is lower than I would like it to be. I think this fandom is growing. I say that because, you know, when we've been to STLV the last few years, we've seen a lot of young faces and a lot of young faces who have come into the franchise 
with the Berman era Trek. Yep. Which is really kind of surprising. You know, kids who are 11, 12, 13 watching Deep Space Nine and loving it. Yep. You know, um, I, I think that we've seen a good influx of younger people. Well, look how many people came into the franchise through the JJ movies that we know True. for a fact. True. That's a good point. I think those were really great at making people aware of what Star Trek was. And, and then we know at least a half dozen people who went back and then started watching it all, you know, or you take, um, take somebody like our good friend, uh, you know, senior producer Jude Tatman. Oh yes. Yep. Absolutely. You know, over in the UK who is 14 years old mm -hmm. and right now he's loving enterprise. Yeah. How awesome is that? It's like his favorite series. You know, so I, I think that we do have a growing fandom. I think that we are bringing in a youth element to fandom. And I think that that's why we're going to see, we've got two animated shows on the dock and I think we may see more. I would love for there to be an animated movie. I think that would be amazing. You know, it's funny that you bring up Enterprise uh, and Jude's love of it because you look at these series that are 25, 30, 50 years old. They all hold up. They really do. I mean, the special effects might be a little, you know, a little questionable in some series and, and stuff like that, but they really hold up. And you look at other shows that came out in the 80s or, or even the 90s, and they just don't hold up the way that these shows do. And I think that's a positive thing in bringing in some of these new younger viewers like Jude uh, or like Emily. Um, so yep. it's, 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 I think that's a great thing with Star Trek that the past shows that there's a quite a gap between Enterprise and Discovery still brings people in. I think that's awesome. I do too. Let's talk about the next aspect of fandom. And it's certainly something that has really kind of changed and redefined fandom in many ways. And that's social media. You know, a, a couple of years ago, we did an episode about the social media microscope and, and how it, it was potentially negatively affecting the brand new Star Trek Discovery. Mm-hmm. And so now we're a couple of years past that, almost three years. And I guess the real question I have for you is, is social media killing fandom? I'd like to say no, but I, I, the toxicity in social media and the ability to do things um, anonymously um, really hurts the franchise. And I think it hurts it in ways that it doesn't really affect like like other franchises don't suffer the way that i think the star trek franchise suffers with social media now i could be 100 wrong i don't follow all the people that talk about star wars all the time or buffy the vampire slayer or anything like that it could be exactly the same but what i see on social media today with star trek is it, it disgusts me it really does. When you're talking about a show that is supposed to be IDIC in all ways, shapes, and forms, to have the type of stuff that's being spewed out there, I think it really does hurt fandom. I really do. And it's really sad. I'm going to say that, well, I've got a two-part answer. And it's a little different. It's My answer is no and yes. <laughs> in many ways, I think that this fandom benefits from social media. Because I think that it, one, it helps us feel connected. Two, for every negative post I see about Star Trek, I see at least a hundred positive posts about what people love about Star Trek or just sharing something that they mm -hmm. discovered or some other aspect. I mean, there's a bot out there that just tweets out random screenshots from Star Trek episodes and I follow it. Why? <laughs> 
because I like going, oh yeah, I love that episode. Yeah, it, that's it good. Spark, it sparks something in me, you know? Yeah. I, I think that there are many great things about social media. However, um, I think that social media is killing Star Trek fans. And by that, I mean, people are more likely to just throw their hands up in the air and give up and stop interacting yep. and, and maybe even walk away from Star Trek because of the actions of others, bad actors who want nothing more than to just, you know, piss on somebody's fandom. Mm-hmm. And that's what I have a problem with. I got to, I got to agree with you on that a hundred percent. And and let me, let me back up a little bit from what I was saying. One of the positive, th- and you're absolutely right the the amount of positive um posts when somebody posts a negative one is nice to see unfortunately i think a lot of times the negative posts get more of the spotlight um which i think tends to bring down a lot of people but one of the things i think is a huge benefit in today's world when it comes to social media is the amount of interaction that the star trek stars themselves have on social media people like anthony rapp and doug jones and wilson cruz and sonequa martin green who are on social media all the time interacting with us that's something that just didn't happen back in the day a because there wasn't social media and b it's just it's just something that you wouldn't expect. They are so engaged with their fans that I think that is a positive thing uh, about social media. But I 100% agree with what you said. It's not killing fandom, but it's affecting fans, if that makes any sense. No, it does. And I mean, in addition to the Discovery Stars, I mean, look at people like Marina Sirtis. Yeah. Look at people like John Billingsley. Mm-hmm. Look at people like Nana Visitor and Terry Farrell who are out there interacting with people who've watched them for years on Twitter. Right. And I think it does a lot to encourage other people. I mean, especially now. Yeah. You know, we're all a year into a pandemic and really being online for most people is the only way you can feel connected to anybody. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I I think that, I I think you said it best earlier when you said that social media is a dual-edged sword. I really think it is. And I, I really think it takes a, a degree of, of caution and expertise to wield that sword. Right. I really do. Yeah. Um, there are times in the last six months where you and I have just been like, you know what? I'm getting off social media. I'm done. Yep. I'm done. Absolutely. But I keep going back because of the people on social media that bring me joy. Our friends who post great things who have great interactions with us, Mm -hmm. the people Mm -hmm. who keep us going, yeah. whether it's our camp Kittimer or whether it's, you know, the people we see at cons on, on, on Twitter or on Facebook or on Instagram. Yeah. I I keep going back because I'll lose that interaction and that's become just as important to my fandom as Star Trek itself. Absolutely. 100%. And, and you're right. There've been times where I'm like, you know what, I'm done with this because as I said, the vocal, the, the, the detractors and the people who bash it without any real substance other than just to bash it are the most vocal. So at times it seems that that's all you see. But then if you read further in this stuff, you start seeing all the positive things that other people say in defense of the series and the franchise that they love. And that makes you feel good. Um, one of the things that I will never get over and will, will call people vile and disgusting for the rest of my life is when they start attacking the people that are making this craft, when they start attacking the actors or when they start attacking the, the writers. And that's, that's a, that's a line that you just don't cross. And, 
and unfortunately social media gives people the feeling that they're bigger and better than they are and they can do this and and it's okay and it really isn't no you're right it, it empowers cowards exactly people yep. who would never say these things to anybody else's face and a lot yep. of those people would be like no i'd say it to their face i'm going to say this the no, hell they would nope no way they absolutely would not um it makes them feel emboldened. They hide behind profiles that don't have mm -hmm. their real name. Mm -hmm. um, and they just, they, they toss bombs. Cowards and, is a perfect way to describe it, man. You know, it's, it, it's disgusting that, that these are the kinds of things that, that just fans who want to enjoy Star Trek have to deal with. Mm -hmm. You know, how many times have we seen somebody post something they love about Star Trek Discovery only to have a gatekeeper come along and crap on it? And then that person never wants to post anything again. And that's, that's sad. That's really sad too. You know, you and I have said for a long time, your fandom is yours, mm -hmm. but more importantly, I mean, you're in control of your fandom. You know, if you're on social media and you have to put up with some of these trolls, I understand it sucks to use the block button, but it's there. Yep. It's a tool that you can use, block them or mute mm -hmm. them or do whatever. Mute them's better because then they think they're still being heard and they're just screaming into a void. Yeah. And, but, but I mean, have the social experience you want. There are, <laughs> there are literal thousands of people out there on whatever social media platform you're on who are dying to talk to about Star Trek with somebody. Yep. And always looking to make new Star Trek friends. Mm -hmm. So for, for somebody out there right now who may be just feeling like social media, they're done with it because it sucks and people suck. There are people out there who feel the exact same way as you and, and they love talking to Star Trek. So um, seek them out. If, if you really want to stay, stay with it, celebrate your fandom because it's a part of who you are. And, you know, and keep, keep the faith, man. Absolutely. You gotta, you gotta keep the faith of the you heart, do. but you gotta really keep it. Oh, Absolutely. God. Sorry. <laughs> well, how did I not know you were going to do that? It's going to happen all year long. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> oh, hope it's not. gonna. <laughs> so, you know, we've talked a little bit about Star Trek Prodigy and the animated stuff and how we hope that it will usher in new fans. But do you really think it's going to be that significant a gateway to a younger fandom? I really think it is. Um, it's being specifically targeted to that younger audience. It's going to teach them things about life and it's going to teach them things about Star Trek and meld them together. Um, on top of the fact that it's going to bring in these new younger fans, it's going to also pull in fans, um, that have been following the franchise for years because of the fact that Kate Mulgrew is going to be reprising a role as Catherine Janeway. But I absolutely believe that it will be a gateway to new fans. And I can only hope that it is much bigger than the expectations that people may have for it. I, I have to agree with you. Um, I think it will. I think that they have the right people in charge of prodigy. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are the guys who co-wrote the Lego movie. Yeah. You know, these are the guys who, who did the story for hotel Transylvania. Mm -hmm. These are the guys who did troll hunters and, uh, the Lego Ninjago series. So, I, I mean, I think that there's great hope here for what it's going to do. I really do think that it will bring in a new generation of fans. And ultimately I am so glad the show's going to be on Nickelodeon because it's available on just about every cable package in the right. country. Yep. And, but also on Paramount plus, you know, for those who don't, 
I think that's great that the fact that they've decided to put it on Paramount Plus to keep everything in the Star Trek universe available in one location, but then they're still going to keep that plan of releasing it on Nickelodeon, which is watched by so many millions of young people. I think that's a that's a win-win uh, from on both sides of the coin. I do too. So so in hindsight, Dana, I think that yeah, the state of of Star Trek is strong, but it, it can only get stronger. Even if we experience another lull, like we did during, you know, 2004 and 2009, when there was Mm -hmm. no Star Trek, I I still think that this fandom, regardless of its age, will have plenty to be excited about. Now, Grant, I don't think that's going to happen for a long time, but I think we're in as good a place as we could be, honestly. I think one of the things that's also great is if there is a lull, remember when we had the lull before? When it was just after TOS, we had nothing except watching 10 years TOS video cassette VHS tapes of the original series over and over and over again. Then after Enterprise ended and we had that lull, we had all those other series that we could go back and watch. Now, if there's a lull in 10 years, we're going to have by that time, maybe close to a thousand episodes of Star Trek that we would be able to watch during that lull. I don't think the word lull is going to be in the vocabulary, even if there's a lull. Right now there are 801 episodes, yeah. I think. Um, if, if you watch an episode a day, it's, <laughs> it's going to take you over two years to watch yeah. it. That's fantastic. Uh, it, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. This is, this is a great time to be a Star Trek fan. You and I have said that so much, but I, I really think that it is, it is even more true with every passing day. I absolutely agree. And and I know that they, I know that they've got some more surprises up their sleeve that they're going to be letting us know over time. So just the ones that they're working on now, and maybe the one unnamed one that they haven't said any. There's more than that coming, and I think we're going to be very happy and very excited about new content for many, many years to come. And that lull, that lull is going to be in the 2030s, I think, at the earliest. Uh, you're probably right about that. Yeah. Um, well, Dan, the the state of five-year mission is also <laughs> quite strong. Mm. You know, I mean, these guys, so many great albums, so much great music, year one, year two, year three, year four, Spock's Brain, Trouble with Tribbles, all CDs that you can get right now at fiveyearmission.net. Go online, get them, order them, get them sent to you, get them in your hands, put them in your little disc player there, and then be prepared to rock out because these is, this is some great music. It's not parody. You know, it, it, this isn't stuff to make fun of Star Trek. It really does give you a new way to look at these episodes. So that's fiveyearmission.net. We thank them as we do every week for letting us use all of their music mm-hmm. across the network. And we want everyone to check out Five Year Mission, the podcast available wherever fine podcasts are procured, Dan. That's a great name for a podcast, isn't it? It's all right. Yeah, it's okay. Um, you know what else is great though, Bill? Is- Your face? Besides, well, that goes without saying. Come on, man. Really? Um, but the game of Stratagema, that's a fun thing. That's great. Would what? you would you would you care for a game of Stratagema, Bill? Uh, no. With maybe maybe against the master of the game himself, Sima Komrami. Hmm? Oh right? God. When? Yep. I mean, he's the best player ever, you know. Even Data had a problem beating him that first time until he decided to actually play not to win, but to play to a stalemate. And he busted him up, as it were. Seema ran off all upset. And it's it's kind of like trying to 
to be better than the best band in the entire Alpha Quadrant. And by that, of course, I'm talking about five-year mission. Yes, um, you can't be better than they are. You can only hope to make mellifluous music like they do and hope that you can keep up as if that would ever happen, my friend. Um, there was also this little thing about the Ferengi showing up and causing real problems during a war game scenario. So, you know, I am talking about that fantastic episode of TNG, Peak Perfarkments. It's a great one. Stratagema, you get the little things on your fingers and you're like, blah, 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 blah. pink perfarkments. Yeah. Uh, peak, not pink. Pink, <laughs> pink perfarkments? That's only during uh, October. <laughs> that's, that's true. Good point. Yes, yeah. peak perfarkments uh, is one that you should really check out to really learn a lot. I'm going to bust you up. <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect that. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere, Ryan Jeffs has laughed at this entire thing. <laughs> Good. I, I thank you. I like that. No, no, no. not at all. <laughs> no. Okay. That's mm-hmm. fiveyearmission.net. Please go get all their albums, support the band because we guarantee you're going to love it. Don't forget, of course, that you can support the Trek Geeks podcast network by subscribing to us on Patreon, where you can get all kinds of special exclusive perks, Daniel. Exclusive perks, indeed. We have the supporters pins. Like we, we, we're going to have another one this year. I know that we're going to have a new T-shirt. You and I have had a couple meetings already about some other things that might be coming in the coming weeks, and we're we're kind of hashing that all out. Lots of great perks. Always keep your eye out for any changes that we might have coming. But right now, we want to take a moment to thank our associate producers for Trek Geeks because we are always so grateful for their support. So thank you, Vikram Bot, Luke Burnham, Brad Demag, William Edward M. Jr., Brandon Everidge. Andy Fark, Kimberly Francis, Jonathan Hamilton, Ryan Jeffs, John Krikorian, Sean Lynn, Rick Mason, Jamie McGregor, Aaron Mollenkoff, Casey Pettit, Tim Robertson, Greg Rozier, Eric Sakian, Adam Sanders, Tim Serdar, Heather Sohn, Blake Strike, Lisa Tomlinson, Jessica Dax Vincent, Ron Robel, and the gracious and wonderful Conrad Hutchins. Oh, y'all get in the chopper. Yes, get out of here. Get out of here. Wow, you okay? (laughs) Yeah. No, I think I'm fine. Uh, We also want to thank our Trek Geeks producers for their support. They are Mike Bovia, Chaz Bradshaw, Ken Bird, Kyle Castillo, Peter Craig, Craig Ewing, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Kimberly Hartman, David Hood, Lionel Marchand, Matt McGonigal, Jim McMahon, Darren Metcalf, Charlie Mulvey, Sean O'Halloran, Jamie Rogers, Casey Shasky, Chris Trebuzio, Ken Tripp, Christina Werther, and the lovely and talented Jess Fashon, the senior producer of Trek Geeks, is, of course, the amazing Jude Tatman. You, too, can become a producer on the Trek Geeks podcast network, and it is just so easy to do. Even Bill could do it if he wasn't one of the hosts. Just head on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks for all the details. Dan, next week, we're going to act like it's the mid-1980s up in here and put together some special mixtapes just for Star Trek. I can't wait for this, man. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yes, just like when you created a tape of all your favorite 80s hit songs, it's time to do it for Star Trek. So next week, Bill and I will each pick an outside-the-box theme of an episode marathon and the episodes that go with it, and maybe even cuddle up next to the fire to watch them, but not with each other. No, No, not at all. God, that's, geez, that's awful. It's the Trek mixtape extravaganza next week on Trek Geeks, the flagship of the Trek Geeks podcast network. 
Of course, for even more great Star Trek discussion, we want everyone to check out the other member podcasts on the network. In addition to Discovering Trek, Rewind, Polytrek's five-year mission, Deep Space Pride, and Infinite Trek, we are so proud to bring you the Sci-Fi Sisters as the latest addition to the Trek Geeks podcast network. They are truly amazing, and we hope you'll check out their podcast dropping fortnightly on Fridays. Dan, that means every two weeks. Thank you. I wasn't really sure what that all meant. I, was, <laughs> I thought you were talking about the video game, but I wasn't really sure. <laughs> of course, you can find all our podcasts, including where to listen to them by visiting trekgeeks.com slash listen. The Trek Geeks Podcast Network. No one talks Trek like we do. And of course, for all the news on all the Star Trek CEO, please visit our great friends at treknews.net. For now, this has been episode number 252 of the Trek Geeks Podcast. We do hope you all live long and prosper. Coconut! 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 Okay. Music for Trek Geeks is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Trek Geeks is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Ding dong, ding dong. Hey, you ever, yeah, you I just ever called eat, you a ding dong. Did you ever eat those as a child or even as an adult? Maybe the, uh, the snack cakes. Yeah. The ding dongs. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Which did you like more ring dings or ding dongs? I like the ring dings. I think I used to freeze so them. Did I. put them in the really? freezer. Oh yeah. Good stuff. Really? I, I never tried that. Yeah, absolutely. Do it. Do it now. Go get some. My favorite for a long time was probably the Yankee doodle cupcakes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, which were, no, that was different. That was the hostess cupcake. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. I think this was made by Drake's. I see. Um, but the hostess cupcake, I mean, nothing, everything, well, everything pales in comparison to the hostess cupcake. And I will even go one step further. Nothing pales in comparison to the orange hostess cupcakes. I never had that. Oh boy. I don't like them. <laughs> I don't I eat love. them now. I don't know. I don't eat them now. I just, cause it's, cause I can't add to what I already got here, but, um, those were, oh my God, those were so good. Loved those. Every once in a while they come out with like holiday ones, but the orange ones, oh, you could not go wrong with those baby. I can remember as a kid in the seventies, walking to our local convenience store, which was literally like a quarter of a mile from the house mm-hmm. in Manchester. And, um, bringing my quarter to get myself a package of Yankee doodles. And when they went up to 35 cents <laughs> and I only had a quarter one day, I was just, I was beside myself. Devastated. Yeah. Cause I was all proud. Here I am going to buy something. I'd slap my quarter up on the counter, take my cupcakes home. And, um, yeah, I felt like, you know, I was, 
I was king of the hill, even though I was like seven years old. Those were the days, man. We used to get this bright spot in Nashua was the place that I used to go to. We used to ride my bike there and they had this candy wall. And it was like, you get a 25 cents for like a marathon bar, which I don't even think they have anymore, which was this flat, oh, wow. long, yeah, yeah. flat long caramel chocolate. Love those things for like a quarter or dinosaur eggs. The original, which weren't little tiny ones. It was one gigantic egg. That was one of those layered things. I don't even know what they're called, but I used yeah. to love those. And then nowadays, if those things still existed, which they don't, but things that do exist now that that did back then too. They're like a buck fifty or or a dollar seventy nine for one thing's like you cray cray. I'm sorry. Did you just drop a cray cray? <laughs> I did. I did. Is this nineteen ninety two? We're talking old school, so I went a little not as old as the seventies, but a little older, you know. Yeah, I did it. I'm happy, I'm proud of it. So spoiler alert, next year nineteen ninety two will have been thirty years ago. <laughs> oh my god, that's awful. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You're so, welcome. Wow. So yeah. So anyway, that's some sure. great some great talking about the past. I like that. I yeah. don't want to talk about the past. Roger Clemens, you fool. <laughs> You've lost me and everyone else that doesn't pay attention to sports. Ball. That's right. That's okay. I'm not even going to talk about what it means. So that's okay. Yeah, it's because nobody cares. Actually, it was Mark McGuire who said that, but that's okay. <laughs> Have you been drinking? Not yet. I'm getting ready. <laughs> Maybe you should start because. Hey. There's nothing wrong with that. I still got peanut butter whiskey in the freezer. <laughs> it's been a long time since we've recorded, and I'm just remembering things. It has. Yeah, it has. It's been a long time. Um, I don't even remember that what we talked about <laughs> last time. There was an actual outtake, which uh, I think it, was really January. I think it was because we had an awesome month of guest podcasting, so we didn't do them. But now here we are. And speaking of outtakes, let me tell you this. I learned this today. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. So one thing today that made me smile, John Delancey cross stitches like I do. That made me so happy. I can't even tell you how happy I am. That's awesome. So anyway, just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, thanks for sharing. That's you don't, that's you don't care. You're no, I, I don't. I don't care. <laughs> but yeah, was, he actually posted <laughs> something, and I and and our friend Haley told me about it because she crossed it just too. And I looked at the tweet, and I was like, "Oh my god, John Delancey!" Who would have thought? See, now if you had told me. Hey, you know who else cross stitches in addition to Haley? John Delancey. Then I would have shown excitement. But because you were involved, no. Wow. Okay. I see where we are. You didn't and miss me I that would've... much, did you, fool? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> and then because it's John Delancey, now I can say I know one a-hole who cross stitches and one famous Star Trek person. <laughs> okay. And Haley. I was going to say, you better finish that sentence off. Otherwise, somebody's going to be. Well, uh, I prefaced uh, it ahead of time by saying you. <laughs> There's no, you can't, you can't mix this up. You need to clarify these days because otherwise I, somebody will take it out of context. It happens clarif- all the time. I clarified it just fine. You just weren't listening. I just didn't. Well, I, it's not that I wasn't listening. I just don't want to listen to you. You're I wasn't talking to you. You actually are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking to all of our listeners. All I'm sorry, four, Grandpa. You're here talking to them. me. <laughs> it's amazing that in six years we've we've uh, we've quadrupled our, our listener base from one to four. Woohoo! I love it, and they're all Woo-hoo. just as crazy as we are, and we yeah. love that. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Dance Mom. <laughs> wow. Anyway, oh, and Donna. What's going on? It's been a while. Yeah, unless she doesn't listen. No. Well, you don't listen, so I mean... She, she, she actually... You know what? I haven't recently because of it's been so crazy, but I have actually been 
and and you know it just it's awful <laughs> listening to my voice as you know i can't stand it and it's my own voice so i can only you, imagine what other people it's like chalk on a chalkboard or nails on a chalkboard is, whatever the frig it is chalk on a chalkboard <laughs> here's the hashtag for the week <laughs> I love it. Uh, Hashtag dance. Uh, I know, chalk I know Trebuzio will probably do something on Twitter about that. Thanks, pal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. I lo- totally lost my train of thought because you went to talk <laughs> on a my, chalkboard. That's my job. That, that was a good one. Like- <laughs> my wife just entered the room with a look at her face like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, that's me. I just don't know what I'm doing, what I'm saying, what I'm talking about, where I'm going. Anything. You're an idiot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could start singing, but it's, you know we can't at this point, so. Please, please don't. No, I won't. <laughs> so don't. anyway. <sighs> yeah. So I upped my kettlebell weights in the gym this week. Thanks to That's your right. wife. Yeah. Boy, you can't blame my wife for that. Oh, it's not a blaming. It's a, because of her her posting. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then afterwards, I was like, oh. So you went from a 16 kilogram. Because remember, 20. those are kilograms. Yes, to 20. To a 20. Yeah, which is about 44 pounds or something like that. It's 44, like 48 pounds, somewhere Something like that, yeah. I decided to give it a try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was motivated is the word I was looking for. Not blame, motivation. So thanks. Thanks, Kay. 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 So <laughs> I can tell you haven't done this in a while. I, know, I, got, a lot of, I got a lot of energy. Yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> It's amazing. I would have thought you had some espresso or something. Nothing. All I've had is this here hint water, which is already gone. None left. That's kind of it. like what's in between that. Those Ex- years of yours. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Right. Huh. Right. 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 That is funny. <sighs> <laughs> wow. That that's coming up on uh, twenty five years since we listened to that. Wow. That's a long time. Yeah. Huh too long too long yep that's all right we had 25 year more years of memories to make oh god oh god i open that window and jump out it <laughs> spoiler alert it's not that far down <laughs> I'd, I'd hurt myself if i land on my head dude oh. you're gonna hurt yourself no matter what you do because <laughs> you're hurt myself standing up <laughs> yeah that's actually probably more it's likely. like that commercial for i think is a geico where it's the guy who teaches people not to be like their parents and the newest one, it's a kid, it's this, it's this man sitting down in a chair, and he's like, ah, and he's like, did you hear that? Did you hear the noise? <laughs> That's me. That's me. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Because you're old and falling apart. I am definitely yes and yes, yes and yes. Like I have any room to talk? But... <laughs> I was gonna say I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to, you know, be cast in the first stone or any of the other stupid similes or soliloquies that we might use to describe the same thing. Uh, you had simile probably, right? I know. I, just, I, I went a little bit further than I should have. Uh, <laughs> metaphorical, metaphorical, maybe? It's the, the Dan Davidson story. I went farther <laughs> than I should have. <laughs> yep. <sighs> and that anyway. includes some bad decisions in college. A lot of bad decisions. <laughs> yeah. Including stopping college, but that, I finished eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Does that include the Northeast School of Broadcasting? Uh, I would be the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Thank oh, you very sorry, much. Please oh, get it I'm correct. Sorry. Um, sorry. No, that was just an addition, an add-on, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, did you adding, audit those courses? Adding to my repertoire. Repertoire. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even say the word. Can't even. <laughs> adding to my resume. 
<laughs> I think I think you were uh, going for repertoire. Repertoire. I was going to say repartee, and I knew that that was wrong. That's why. I no, stopped. that's what you and I have. Oh, that's Woody true. Repartee. Absolutely. Yep. <sighs> or in your case, not nearly as witty as <laughs> not, ought not be. Ought. I use ought not quite often. Uh, ought not. Okay. How do you spell that? O u g. It's two words. Yeah. Yeah. And then and k n o t. No n o t. Thank you. I'm not that dumb. You actually are. <laughs> I've edited your copy before. True that. See, I didn't say dat. So, yeah. <sighs> anyway. Okay. And here's the context in which I use that. It ought not be this difficult. And that's how I describe recording with you every week. Right. That's true. I ought not be giving you this much fun every day. I don't. Proper usage. And Lord knows you certainly don't. <laughs> well, there you go. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. All right, Jerk. You uh, you want to do this? Yeah, let's do it up, man. Let's do it. Let's do it.